book of Ephesians this morning will be in Ephesians chapter number four. Thank you for the wonderful music, Ephesians chapter number four. <clears throat> We're going to read the first 15 verses of this chapter. And uh, this morning, uh, the message will be a little bit unusual for a uh, Sunday morning message, uh, but I believe it'll be a message that will help us this morning. And so we'll look in the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter number four, and we'll begin reading with verse number one and read down through the 15th verse of Ephesians, chapter number four. And so let's look in Ephesians four, verse number one. <clears throat> I therefore. Uh, the prisoner of the Lord, this is the Apostle Paul, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with longsuffering, forbearing one another in love, <clears throat> endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism." one God and Father of all. I think that's pretty plain and clear uh, in Scripture uh, how many gods there are. Uh, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But in every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. Aren't you thankful this morning that before Christ ascended to heaven, after the crucifixion, he ascended into hell to pay for the sins and the, and the, and the, and the chastisement of every man? Verse 11 and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, and cunning craftiness, <clears throat> whereby <clears throat> they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. We're going to look at these 15 verses, and we'll actually look at a few more <clears throat> in addition to uh, our text this morning in chapter number 4. Uh, but this morning, <clears throat> I want to speak on this subject, why every Christian needs church. Why every Christian needs church. Now, you may say, Pastor, we're in church. Do we really need to be reminded of why we need church? And the answer to that is, yes, we all need to be reminded of why every Christian needs church. Uh, let's ask the Lord to help us, and we'll get into the message. Father, we pray this morning uh, that you would help us as we look into the Scripture. And Father, I pray that uh, if there's one here unsaved, uh, first of all, may they get their salvation settled. And Father, may they begin a new life in you, a new uh, future. Uh, Father, I pray that for every child of God this morning, may 
uh, we evaluate our relationship with you. And Father, may we be reminded uh, here this morning that uh, we'll not, we don't give an account to uh, so anyone other than you. And Father, I pray that uh, our minds and our focus will be on the Spirit of God this morning as he leads us. I pray the message will be a help to us, for it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Why every Christian needs church. I believe every child of God should belong, belong to a local New Testament independent Baptist church. They say, well, Pastor, you just said church in the title. Well, I'm getting more specific now. Uh, you and I as Christians need church. It doesn't matter how long you've had the Word of God. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. You, If you're saved this morning, you need the house of God. You need church. You need to be in the place where the Bible is preached and taught. Now, let me say this. Church cannot save you. There are many today who believe that a church can save them, and their salvation is in a church. Uh, the Emmanuel Baptist Church cannot save you, has never saved anyone, cannot save anyone. We are only saved by, by faith through the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just add this morning, if the Emmanuel Baptist Church can't save you, no Catholic Church can save you, no Methodist Church can save you, uh, no any kind of church can save you, you are all saved the same way, and that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. We need church. Every Christian needs to be part of a church. And I am not just going to give you my opinion this morning, I'm going to give you my opinion based on Scripture, and I trust that we'll allow the Bible to help us this morning. In verses 4 through 6 of Ephesians chapter number 4, uh, and I'll read it to you again very quickly, there is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. The scripture is very clear to tell us there's one. Just as Jesus said, I am the way to the Father, no man gets to the Father but by me. There's one way of salvation this morning. There's not many roads to heaven, there's but one. There's many roads to hell, but only one road to heaven. And if you're on your way to heaven this morning, it's because you put your faith and trust in the perfect Son of God and what He did and the finished work of Calvary. There's one salvation. There's one faith. There's one Lord. We live in a day today when many have succumbed to the lie of the devil to say that there are many ways, there are many doctrines, there are, there are many beliefs. According to the Scripture, there is but one. It is important for us to understand that there is one God that we are to please, there is one God that we are to obey, and he, puts, he makes it very clear that it is very important for a child of God to be in the house of God. We notice in verse number 7, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. I read that verse and I say, wow. Every one of us is given grace. This morning, 
I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm sure about it. I have no doubts about it. There's nothing you can do about that. There's nothing I can do about that. There's nothing the devil can do about that. I'm saved. I'm secure. I'm on my way to heaven. If I take my last breath today, I'll wake up on the other side in the presence of the Son of God. I didn't earn that. I didn't deserve that. Grace was extended to me so that I might have salvation. And if you're here this morning and you're saved, let me remind you very quickly, you didn't earn your salvation. Because if you're here and you think you've earned your salvation, you, you, you've been lied to. You can't earn your salvation. You can't do enough good works to put on one side of the scale to even out the other works. No, but by the grace of God, for by grace are ye saved. That, that's how we're saved this morning. And if you're saved, you didn't earn it, and you don't deserve it, but aren't you glad God extended grace so that you might be saved? We're saved by grace. But grace is extended so that we might grow in grace. Verse number 7 reminds us that we can serve by grace. We are saved by grace. We serve by grace. I'm thankful that I'm saved. I'm thankful that I'm on my way to heaven. I'm thankful that I get to serve God. What a privilege to serve God. What a privilege to, to be able to take some of your time and take some of your energy and take your talent and serve the Almighty God. It's not a chore to serve God. It's a privilege to serve God. As the pastor of the Emmanuel Baptist Church, I get to preach two times on Sunday, every Wednesday night, Sunday school. And if I can throw another time in there, I'll throw another time in there. I get to preach the perfect word of God. I get, as the pastor of this church, I get to pray for the needs of God's people. I get to help in, in, in ways that only a pastor has the privilege of helping. I get to serve God. But notice in verse number 7, the Bible does not say, but unto the pastors, there's grace extended. It says, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Verse 8, 9, and 10 goes in to remind us of what Christ did for us. And there's a reference to the book of Psalms in there where gifts are given. We have the gift of salvation because of what Christ has done. We also have the gift of grace that enables us to serve. Or I believe that God wants every man to be saved. This morning, if you refuse Christ and you refuse that free gift of salvation and you die in your sins and you go to a literal hell to pay for your sins, you will be there out of the will of God because He would not have any to perish but that all would come to repentance. God wants every man to be saved. Aren't you thankful to be saved this morning? After salvation, God extends grace so that every man can serve. A Christian who is happy is the Christian who's serving. The Christian who's conflicted 
is the Christian who is not serving. The Christian who has peace that knows, yes, I may be tired when I lay my head on my pillow, but I've done all that I could for my God. I've served in any way that I've seen that he's allowed me to serve. A, A Christian serving God has peace. A Christian not doing anything for God is miserable. He gives us grace of salvation, but grace to serve. Would you not agree with me this morning when I say I'm saved and I don't deserve it? But could we not agree as well that when we serve, we're not worthy to serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords? But God loved us enough. He sent His Son so that we might be saved by grace. And then as a new creature in a new life, He desires for me to serve Him. Now let me just tell you, I'm not worthy to serve Him. And neither are you. But we can serve Him today by a measure of grace. Now, if God... He wants every man to be saved, and he does. He wants every man to be serving, and he does. Where is the best place for God's people to serve? It's the house of God. Every Christian needs church. I run into people often. I try to always invite people to church. I try to always be a witness. A lot of times, a lot of times, more times than I, than I realize until I start thinking about this, I run into people who they, they've been in church. They can recite scripture. Grandma did this. My granddad served in this capacity. So where do you go to church? Well, I don't. And there's almost this sense of, I know too much to go to church. I have the Bible well, friend, let me tell you, you if, I, if you're like that this morning, you're a much better Christian than I am. I was born into a, not just a Christian home, a preacher's home. I live my life in church. Every Sunday school lesson that's ever been written, it seems like I've heard. Every message that's ever been preached, I've heard preached three times. I mean, I've I've grown up in church. I've been in this thing. And let me testify to you this morning. I need the house of God. I need church. Boy, when I, when I can't be in church on Sunday, if, if, if whatever, there's a time when I'm sick and I can't make it, I'm miserable. Not because I'm sick, because I'm not where I need to be. Every Christian needs church. Let's just make, take a look at it from a practical standpoint. We complain about the way it used to be in America. We're talking with several different conversations this week. Is when we were young, we got up when the sun came up, and we came home when the sun came down. We can't do that anymore. And it's amazing. We can't connect the dots of when everybody went to Sunday school. Our nation was different. So what's the problem? Is the church the problem? Church isn't the problem. <clears throat> I'm getting stuck in the introduction. I'll get to the message in, in about 30 minutes or so. But it, 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 We've done this in our society today. Christians 
stay home from church and then blame the church for not being what the church should be. That's like going to a McDonald's and all the employees staying home and then the employees telling you how bad that McDonald's is run. When they're staying home and should be fulfilling that responsibility. Every Christian needs church. Beginning to the outline this morning, I'm going to prove it from the Bible. Why does every Christian need church? Look at me at verse number one again. Are you with me? Verse number one. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. What is that? We walk worthy of our salvation. I didn't say you, your walk earns your salvation. But because we are saved, we ought to walk worthy. How's your walk? You know how I learned how to walk spiritually? Church. It doesn't matter how many quote-unquote or supposed lessons that you Hollywood wants to put in something. You don't get how to walk worthy from Hollywood. How do you learn how to walk spiritually and walk worthy? I learned in the house of God. You know, we revolutionize our world and revolutionize our nation, our homes, if we had brought our children back to Sunday school. And we brought them to a Sunday school where they were taught the word of God. I still think it's more beneficial to give them the word of God than Disney characters at church. It would change, walk worthy. Notice what the Bible says. That you are called with all lowliness and meekness. And I warned you, this isn't the typical Sunday morning message, but it's one that will help us. We walk worthy. How, what is walking worthy? With lowliness and meekness. Many times, many of us, this might apply to us. We're a good Christian and we know it. Just give me a minute and I'll tell you. How do we walk worthy? Lowliness and meekness. I stand here today. I love what I do. I'm privileged to be the pastor of this great church. But let me tell you, I am so unworthy to stand here. I'm unworthy to even open that book. I'm unworthy to speak the name of Jesus. But thanks be to God because of the grace of God through salvation, through a measure of grace where he said, I'm going to put you on this earth and I'm going to make you a preacher of the gospel. And I'm going to, I'm going to ordain you and I'm going, to, I'm going to set you apart to be the pastor of that church. Hey, friend, this morning, if I'm walking worthy, I don't walk up here with any kind of pride and, and look, look, look at what I've done and accomplished. I know what I am. I know how unworthy I am. And if you and I are going to walk worthy as Christians, we learn how to, to walk at the house of God. How do we walk? Lowliness and meekness with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Unity is not that we all think alike. but that we all determine to get along for a common purpose. I realize that everybody here does not think like me. And you're all wrong, just for the record. 
We're, we're going to get to the point where every person here, I don't care who you are, you need the church and the church needs you. But we walk worthy so that there's a unity. I'll use myself as an example. There are some things that I refrain from, and I don't think Scripture forbids it. But for the sake of unity and not causing dissension, well, what if pastor's doing this? How is No, for the sake of unity, why? Because I want souls to be saved. I want families to be salvaged. I, I, I want this, this, our city to turn to God because of the sake of unity. There's just some things we agree that we're just going to all get along and we're going to all move forward. That's, we learn how to walk worthy. That, that bad habit you have, is it really worth arguing over? I want, I want to walk worthy. And as a church, I want us to do everything that we can do for, for, the, for, uh, for the cause of Christ. But at the house of God, it helps us walk worthy. Nobody in here, nobody in here is a good enough Christian to do without church. It will affect you. It'll affect you. Number two. I'm out of time. I want to look at something else. But number two, you need, here, look at verse number 11 and 12. And he gave some apostles. We know that time now is past. And some prophets. And that's not those people in their religious services at 2 o'clock in the morning. Some evangelists. These are those who help plant churches, win souls. And some pastors and teachers. You need, why every Christian, another reason why every Christian needs church, are you ready for it? Some aren't going to like this. You need a pastor. You need a pastor. So why do you say that? Because God did. You need a pastor. The scripture says, he gave some. It's a gift. Let me remind you, I am God's gift to you. And there's no return. He says pastors and teachers. That's not two different offices. The pastor is to be a teacher. You need a pastor. That doesn't mean... You can't talk to God because if you're saved, you have direct access to the throne of heaven and you ought to use it. It doesn't mean you can't open this book and discern for yourself what the Bible says. Matter of fact, your pastor is going to tell you that a day should not go by where you don't open God's word and you read and let the Spirit of God who authored this book bear witness with the Spirit of God that dwells within you, teach you and instruct you. But the Bible way is for every Christian, every person to be saved, then every person to serve and be a part of God's church, serving God's church, because we need help learning how to walk worthy, and every Christian needs a pastor. I see people hurting, and I've asked myself, do they have a pastor? Who would they talk to? Who would they say, would you pray for me? 
A pastor is to be a shepherd. That shepherd is to guard and protect those sheep. That shepherd is to lead the water and to, to make sure they have what they need. And there's a, that sense as Christ is our shepherd, as that under-shepherd, the responsibility to protect and the responsibility to lead and to teach the Word of God. You need a pastor. Everybody needs a pastor. And by the way, if you're a member of this church, you have a pastor, and he's not somebody on the internet. And let me just interject. He doesn't pastor across town either. You have a pastor. It's my responsibility to come in and sometimes and say, Pastor, what do you think about this? I don't ever mind you asking me questions when it comes to things like this because there are some, and we're going to get to that doctrine in a moment, they would teach you bad doctrine. It's my responsibility to say, we're not going down that path. That's what a pastor does. One of the saddest things to me is for people to not have a pastor. Sadder than that is for people to have a pastor and not let him be their pastor. Pastor, that sounds kind of self-serving. Oh, yeah, I need more things on my agenda this week. But one day I'm going to stand before God and every member of Emmanuel Baptist Church I'm going to give an account for. If I'm going to stand before God and give an account for you and my responsibility to this church, don't make it hard on me. Let me pastor you. Let me instruct you. Let me say, no, no, don't go down that road. I've seen down the end of that road. You haven't seen it. I've seen it. Hey, don't don't listen to me this morning. Hey, young person, young adult, listen to me. I know what it's like to catch a mother's tears because a child refused to let not just a parent parent, but a pastor pastor, and they go against the word of God. Let me pastor you. There are Christians today who are suffering in areas they don't have to suffer because they don't have a pastor. Let me just, while we're just throwing everything out there this morning, God help men who stand behind pulpits and do it selfishly and refuse to pastor the people that God has placed under them. Oh, God's people need a shepherd. God's people need somebody to love them. God's people need somebody to pray for them and to seek God on their behalf and say, I don't know your needs this morning. I don't know what you need this morning, but I do know that I say, God, what would you have me walk to that pulpit and preach? Because you know the needs of of those people. Every, Every Christian needs needs a pastor. Why? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. This is going to sound self-serving. You'll just have to deal with it. According to my Bible, you need a pastor in order for you to be a complete Christian. 
I didn't say you have to have a pastor to be saved. Salvation comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. But according to my Bible, the perfecting of the saints, the completion of the saints, for you to be a, a complete, mature Christian, you need a pastor. That's why God gives the pastor to the local church. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Number three. We need the, why every Christian needs the church is, we could look at verse 13 and 14 as well. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and then of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. We need church to spiritually mature. There's one, truth is one way. There is no alternative, alternative truth. It's God's way. There's Bible doctrine and then there's all other doctrine. I'm an independent Baptist because I believe that's what Bible doctrine is. I don't get my Baptist doctrine from a group of men who supposedly got visions hundreds of years ago. I get my doctrine from the very book you and I hold in our hands. There's Bible doctrine and then there's man's doctrine. If it doesn't come from God, it comes from the devil himself. Part of why you need every Christian, we need this reminder, whether you've been a member of, of this church for 25 years or this is your first Sunday here, we all need a reminder that we need the house of God. We must belong to a, a, a Bible-believing church because it keeps us right doctrinally. I, I'm, I'm saved, I'm sure of it, I know it. But I could get away from God. I could be enticed if I allow myself to use myself as an example and get away and get into some other kind of doctrine, go some other kind of way, and I'd still be saved. But what about my grandchildren? That would get a different doctrine. A doctrine that would teach them that if you just get baptized and you're saved, or a doctrine that says just do the best you can, and 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 God wouldn't let anybody go to hell. Well, we must stick with Bible doctrine. It is sad. It is tragic, and I, I'm being very pastoral this morning, trying to help us all this morning. It is very tragic in the heart of this pastor to see young Christians or to see immature Christians swept away with some other doctrine. Somebody knocks on your door and says, Elder so-and-so. According to my Bible, it says, don't even bid them Godspeed. The Bible says, don't even say, have a nice day. It comes from another doctrine. And there's a lot of Christians, they're being tossed to and fro. They've experienced the grace of God in salvation. And we thank God for that. 
But God also extended a measure of grace to grow. And they never grow because they never get plugged in to a Bible-preaching church. They miss Sunday school. They're not faithful to the house of God on Sunday. They could be at Wednesday night Bible study, and they're not there. And because of that, they are blowing back and forth in all of the doctrine. And notice how the Bible describes it. It's doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness. They know what they're doing. They know they're deceiving. They know they're changing what God has said. Oh, I just, I just witnessed it being in Israel. And what shocked me is not the, the Jewish faith and not the, the, the Muslim faith, but there's, there's a Catholic church on every corner. It's the slight of men and cunning craftiness. If it doesn't line up with the Bible, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Joel Osteen doesn't have it. There's but one way, and it's the Bible way. You say, well, Pastor, I'm smarter than that. I'm not going to get deceived. Well, there's many smarter than you and I that have been. We need the house of God so that we can spiritually mature. I say this to you often, and, and it ties in with the message. I want you to be the best Christian that you can be. I want you to have a relationship with God that you never thought you could have. It's spiritually mature. I'm not here, we go back to that unity, I'm not here for you to think like I think. I'm not here for you to have all the likes that I have. But if we center our, our, our lives and our ministry and our church around the Word of God, that unity is the Word of God. That unity is all of us with our different backgrounds. It would, it would, it would shock us. I did this years ago. If we, had every, if we took time this morning and said, if you were born outside of the United States to stand, if you were born inside the United States to stand, if you were saved out of this religion or this religion, and we would look at all the different races and backgrounds, and here we are assembled as one church in unity. What is it that unifies us? It's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the word of God. We need the house of God. We need church so that we can spiritually mature. I want you to, to be able to pray and get an answer to that prayer and know that God answered your need because you prayed it, not just because the pastor prayed it or the Sunday school teacher prayed it, but that you have gotten to a place in your life where you depend on God, where God's doing things for you and you spiritually mature. The church will safeguard you from being pulled away by false doctrine. <clears throat> and then number four, why every Christian needs the church. We read from verse 15 and 16, but speaking the truth in love may grow up unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, According to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. The fourth and final reason I'll mention this morning why every Christian needs the church is because the church needs you. For a church to function like God wants it to function, 
It has to have a pastor. It has a pastor. The pastor, as is defined by Scripture, is the overseer. He's the shepherd. It's just a fact. The church isn't going to function how it should function if it doesn't have a pastor. But there's a pastor. And then there's no people. What's the point of having a pastor? Your church needs you. You may be here this morning. It may be your first time here, your second time here. You may be visiting like many of you have for several weeks now. I'm wondering, where do I fit? What do I do? I'm saved. I, <clears throat> what, do, do, what was this church all about? Let me tell you this morning, God's church needs God's people to serve in the church. More can be done when all Christians say, I'm going to give myself to the house of God. Yes, the house of God benefits me. The house of God is going to help me walk worthy. And friend, you'll never regret the decisions you make now that, that, that push you in a direction to serve God in a greater way. You're never going to regret living a clean life. You're not going to regret when you stand before God getting rid of that sin in your life and saying, I want to be clean and righteous and holy. The church, if it's the right kind of church, puts pressure on you to walk worthy. If it's the right kind of preacher, he's going to stand up here and he's going to say, thus saith the Lord. And it's going to put pressure. And let me put it this way. There's going to be Holy Spirit conviction on what you are doing or not doing. Don't get mad at the preacher. It's the spirit of the living God saying, hey, walk worthy. Walk worthy of being a child of God. You get that, Elf Church, like you don't get in the Facebook chat room. We walk worthy because of the church. It's going to benefit you. Having a pastor is going to benefit you. Having somebody pray for you and know your needs and, and trying to help you. Having somebody you can count on in the in the in the lowest of valleys in the darkest of days it will help you be a better servant of God it will help you be a better child of God it'll help you to spiritually mature if you just hang around you'll get more Bible than many get when they study in some other places you are going to get the word of God Sunday morning Sunday night Wednesday night Sunday school you're going to get it. you'll grow spiritually that's a benefit of the church but the church needs you. The church needs you. Because when we all find our place in the church, there's more that the church can do. There's some of you in this church can reach people that I cannot reach. Because the pastor's supposed to say that. The pastor gets paid to do that. There's some of you who were saved out of a life of sin that I was not saved out of, somebody else was not saved out of, but others are going to get saved out of. And they'll relate to you like they will not relate to somebody else. What happens if you're not here? Could you imagine what could be done for the cause of Christ if everybody that lived in 20 square miles of this church who was saved and is not in church this morning was decided, I'm going get, to get on board in God's church? 
And I was going to get my finances in order. I'm going to tithe like I'm supposed to tithe and give the missions. Could you imagine what we could do with the gospel? The problem is not with the church. The problem is not with the word of God. It's just Christians are rejecting the grace that's been extended to them to serve. Now, I believe this church is a praying church, but could you imagine if every member prayed like they ought to pray? Could you imagine if every visitor got on board, that's come through, got saved, get on board? What happens? That's why I tell new Christians, I tell them, what should I do next now that I'm saved? Don't miss a church service. Why? Because they need the church, but the church needs you. The devil is going to tell you at some point, if you don't show up, it don't matter. The devil's a liar. Because it does matter. It does matter. Get, 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 let's, let's, let's get involved. Let's get committed. Some, you've been sitting, and you ought to be serving. Everybody ought to be serving in some capacity. We ought to be faithful. We ought to go, Lord, what can I do through your church? Don't complain about the church if you're not there. Don't ever, don't say, well, I don't know how that pastor spend that money when you're not tithing. That's why I'm not interested. If somebody doesn't pay taxes, I'm not really interested in their view on how the money is being spent in Washington, D.C. Those Baptists, all they that money. Well, you're not, you don't have anything invested. This world needs Christ. God designed his church to be the lighthouse. If the church is going to do what the church can do, the church needs Christians to serve as they should be serving. The church is a miracle because everybody can have a part in it. This church because it centers around the gospel, is a church for all people because all might be saved. What can this church, I believe Christ's return is imminent. I want to be found faithful. I want to be found faithful. Christ died for the church. Shouldn't we give some sense of dedication and loyalty? And might I, if you're going to be offended, I've already offended you, so I might as well just throw this in. Why are you more concerned with owing the public library for a late charge than you are owing God's church? You know, my, I, have, I've, I have one child that likes to read like I read, and we've been dodging the library because we owe a late fine. Because when I go to check out another book, they're, they're going to say, Where's my 37, or however much it is? Why is it when we come to the house of God and God says, 
Let's give to the work. God's given us a church. We need the church. We ought to be faithful to the church. You're robbing, if you're not serving this morning, you're robbing yourself of great joy. Great joy. You're robbing yourself of one day standing in the presence of the Son of God. And those rewards being passed out. You're robbing yourself. And you're robbing somebody else too of what you could do for them, of how you could help them. This morning, if you're not saved, trust Christ as your Savior. I'm not interested in you joining the church this morning. I want you to get saved. I want you to know for certain your sins have been forgiven. But if you're saved this morning, you've never been scripturally baptized, that's the first step of obedience is to be, get baptized. And then what every Christian ought to do, you ought to join the local church. If you've been visiting for some time and you have yet to join, you're already coming. Let's get all the way in. If you're here this morning, you're looking for a, a church that still believes that book is the Word of God, we still believe that book is the Word of God. If you're looking for a pastor who will preach it straight to you and love you enough to tell you what the Bible says, but yet also shed tears with you in your, in your darkest moments, there's a pastor like that at the Emmanuel Baptist Church. If you're looking for perfect people, go on down the road because they ain't here. But if you're looking for people who are saved and happy about it and love the Lord, not perfect people, but love the Lord and want to grow and do something for God, this is the church. You need it. And the church needs you. Father, I pray that you...